This morning, uh, we're going to continue into this series that we started last week. Last week, we started a brand new series, all dealing with the church. And what we're doing is we're specifically focusing on deepening our sense of love and purpose within our church family. Because the Bible says that we are better together. And we started off last Sunday by answering the question, why? Like, why is it so important to be involved in the church, right? Why, why does the preacher, why does everybody say that I have to be in church? Can't I just do church on my own? And you know, we start off by saying that that's, that's a false way of thinking. Man, we have have been tricked into thinking that we can do life on our own. And that's just not true. That's not what it's all about. The Bible says that we need each other. Okay, so that was last week. And if you missed that, man, go back and check up on last week because it lays a good foundation for where we're going. But today, today I want to take you in another direction. I want to take you in a direction today with an understanding that's so important when it comes to understanding our role within the church family, okay? And for a lot of us, I'm just going to be honest, this is going to be more difficult today um, because usually when I talk about this topic, when I bring this up, people tend to clam up. They kind of, they freeze a little bit and people start giving excuses and they're like, can't, you know, can't somebody else do that part? You know, I don't know that I want to do that within the church. Maybe somebody else can take that role. But the truth is when it comes to this topic that we're going to be talking about today, We're all called to the same standard when it comes to this spiritual discipline, okay? Here it is. Are you ready? Now that I've freaked everybody out and everybody's nervous, here it is. It is sharing your faith with other people. God wants you to share his love with other people, plain and simple. And you know what? There's really no way to get around it. There's not. But why? Why is it so important? Like, why does God want this from us? Why does God want us to do this? And the reason it's so important is because God wants everybody to know who he is and how much he loves them. Going back to that first verse that we started off with this morning, he loves you. He loves everyone. In fact, this may shock you, but God has never made a person that he didn't love. And I know that's hard for some of us to understand because for us, some people are hard to love, right? But God has never made a person that he doesn't love. What about those weird politicians in Washington, D.C. that just get on our nerves and drive us crazy no matter what political side you're on? You know what? God made them and God loves them even though it's hard for us to at times. You know who I really struggle with? Can I give you all a secret? This is just between us, okay? Don't tell anybody, okay? Here you go. Nick Saban. Whoo, that felt so good <laughs> to get that off my chest. That's just a secret between us. But you know what? Even him, God made him and God loves him, even though it's hard for me to at times. Right? But it's true for everybody. You know, that person that shares the cube, and I don't want to hear any roll tides. No, none of that. That person that shares the cube with you, that family member, man, that just can't seem to get on the same page with everybody else, that schoolmate when you're starting school, or if you've already started school, or you're worried about starting school tomorrow because of that person that makes class so difficult, or that friend, or that non-friend that doesn't really share your view when it comes to masks, or mandates, or the pandemic, or global warming, or whatever it is that you care so much about, or that teacher that's down the hall that just drives you crazy or that boss that you just can't seem to please. You know what? God made them all. And God loves them all. And not only that, 
but there's not a person in your life that Jesus didn't die for. And the truth is, God wants everybody to be a part of his church family. And God wants you to share that good news. And I know I just freaked everybody out a little bit because, man, we are scared to death sometimes when it comes to sharing our God stories with other people. But I got some good news for you this morning. And here's the good news when it comes to the church is that we are meant to do this together. You're not alone. That's why it's so important to be in the church because God wants to use all of us to share his good news. In fact, the Apostle Paul, let me, let me share this next verse with you. The Apostle Paul was talking to the church in Philippi, and he says this to them, okay, to a church body, to a church that's gathered, to a congregation, he says, I want to hear that you're working together as one, preaching the good news. And I love how he's, he starts off the letter in the first chapter, and I love how blunt he is with this. It's almost like a parent that's not at home and like before he leaves or she leaves home and he's talking to the kids and they're like, listen, I want to know, I, I want you to take out the trash and I want you to clean, I want you to feed and water the dogs and all this stuff and I'm going to call the neighbor and make sure it's happening. That's kind of what Paul is saying here in this. He's like, listen, I expect this from you. I want all of you, I want this to happen while I'm away, all of you united together working as one to preach the good news. Not one of you, not just a few of you, but all of you working together. And in that same chapter, earlier in that same chapter, Paul is thinking that the reason they can do this, there's a reason they can do this. Go to the next verse. He says this. He says, because you all, you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. I want you to focus on that word partners for just a minute. He said, listen, we've been doing this. We're all in this together. And spreading the good news. And what we need to do is partner with one, with one another. So here's where I want to go this morning. Okay, I want us to continue looking at what Paul wrote to these churches. Paul wrote a lot of letters. And he gives these churches a lot of instructions when it comes to living out this call of sharing the good news as a body of believers. And I also found this great... Um, across expelling for partner from Saddleback that I want to share with you because I think this is so great and really helps us understand what it means to partner with each other and with the church family in sharing the good news. But before we do that, before I jump into all that, I want you to know that this is a choice that we have to make. That we collectively, we have to agree that the best choice that we can make and how we care for others is sharing the love of Jesus Christ. And you know what's crazy about this? I was reminded about this this past week. Is that we collectively, we make the choice to share about all these other things in life that at the end of the day, they, they seem like they're really big deals. Like they seem like they're really important. But at the end, they're, they're really not all that important. For instance, let me give you an example of this. We collectively, man, everybody went nuts the past couple weeks over donuts. How many of y'all love donuts? Let me see. Raise your hands. Yeah, Okay. So I can't tell you how many people I heard that very best donuts opened back up downtown. And man, people were so excited and they posted about it and they waited in line for it. And everybody's like, these are the best donuts ever. And then last week, you know who reopened last week? 
golden donuts reopened last week. I can't tell you how many texts I got going, when are we getting golden donuts? Back at the ridge, right? Everybody was so excited because these are the best donuts ever. And we collectively, we love those things. And when we love something, we share about it. Let me give you another example. Once I told everybody that I was going to uh, Disney World, I'm going to use one more Disney World illustration, and go into the Star Wars park, everybody that has been to the Star Wars park, they had to share the information with me on how to get into the ride, Rise of the Resistance. Like, it's like the big one. Like, it's the pinnacle of everything. And everybody was so excited to share with me how to do it because there's a line that you got to wait in, but it's a virtual line, not a real line. And so this is how you do it. In case you ever want to go, I'm going to share it with you. you got to download the Disney app, and there's only two times that you can register for the ride. It's at 7 a.m. and 1 p.m. And we knew this because everybody was telling us, make sure you get up and you're ready to go at 7 o'clock. So we were up. Shannon's looking at her phone. And at 7 a.m., she pulls it up. And then she gets inside and she checks to see that all of our names are there. We actually got in and we're like, yes. And so she looks and she's like, there's Jimmy and there's Shannon and there's Savannah and then there's Abby. And at the bottom there's register. She looks at me and says, are you ready? And I said, I'm ready. And she hits register and the time it took for her to check the names and hit the register, it filled up. And we were out. And we couldn't ride it that morning. And so we were kind of bummed. And we realized we got one more shot at one o'clock. So at one o'clock that afternoon, it is blazing hot outside. It's the worst time ever to go to Disney World. And we're outside and it's kind of funny. Everybody stops at one o'clock and they're all huddled in whatever shade they can find. And you can see, and collectively Shannon looks at all of us. By this point, we've all downloaded the app. She gets very serious and she's like, I don't, don't even look at the names. Just hit register. You get what you get. You don't pitch a fit, okay? If one person gets in, one person gets in, we will rock, paper, scissors, right? And I was like, I better win. So we're all all in the shade, and I kid you not, somebody else is like in the distance, they're counting down, 10, 9, 8, and we're all there, and Shannon goes, don't even look at the names, just hit register, and she got, and as soon as that guy yelled out one, she hit it, and she registered, and she screamed out, I got it, I got it, and the girls are so excited, they yell, woo, we're high-fiving, I may have even let out a Chewbacca sound, I went, Hurr. we're so excited about it. But the reason we knew what to do is because everybody that's gone on it collectively, man, they were excited to share that news with us. So here's my point. Y'all, we're so excited to share about how to get into a ride that might give us five minutes of fun. We're so excited about how to get into a restaurant, a new restaurant in town that may provide like an hour of great dining experience, or how to get tickets to a concert that might last for a few hours, or how to go on a vacation that might last for a few days, and yet we shy away from telling other people about how to find salvation in Jesus Christ. Christ for eternity? I mean, it's, it's crazy sometimes to think about, and I think we need to put it into a little bit of perspective here. This is the most important news that we have in life is our faith in Christ. And I want to be very clear that this is all of us. We're all in this together. It's something that we all share is that we have to be willing to talk about our faith in Christ. We're all called to it. We do it so much with other things in life. We need to be able to do it with the most important thing in life. And the good news about this, again, 
is that we're meant to do it together as a church family united as one. So now that we understand how important it is, let's look at what Paul teaches those churches about this topic of sharing their faith and how we can partner together. And let me give you this acrostic. And if you've got your message notes, go ahead and open those up. Everybody online, I forgot to welcome you this morning. I'm so glad that you're with us. Open up the app and you can follow along. If you picked up those message notes out front, you can write these down. Let's talk about how to partner together. The P is for pray together. The P stands for pray together. The first thing you can do is you can ask others to help you pray for your friends who haven't accepted Jesus yet. That's how we can partner in sharing the good news. You know those people in your life, those people that are still considering their faith, who really don't know about God yet, those people that have a lot of questions, those people that are going through something really difficult right now, and they just have a hard time understanding how God loves them in this moment. Here's the first step you can take. This is the first and the best step you can take is ask somebody to help you pray for them. To pray for them to know Jesus. And you know what? Prayer actually changes things. Prayer can warm a cold heart. Prayer can activate an apathetic ear. Prayer can change a stubborn mind. I've seen this happen. Prayer can do whatever God can do. So as I mentioned this, I know some people are like, well, what do we pray for? Like, how do we pray? Paul gives us a good example of this when he's talking to the church in Colossae. Here he is. He says this, also pray for us that God will give us an opportunity. That God will just give us an opportunity to tell people his message. Love that. Here's their prayer. God, give me an opportunity to share. Or give us as a, give our small group or give this church, give us an opportunity to share about you. God, you, you, make, a, you make a way, you, you make it happen, and I'll be available. And you know what happens? Once we pray that kind of prayer, what we start to see are more opportunities around us. Yeah, and the fact is, opportunities are always there. We're just not always good at noticing them, right? We don't always have our eyes open. We're not always looking for them, but when we pray... And we ask God to open our eyes a little bit more. We begin to see, you know, when I pray for my family, I begin to see the needs of my family. When I pray for my friends, I begin to see the needs of my friends. When I pray for those people at my work, I begin to see the needs of the people at work. And I start seeing where I can share God's love in those moments with those people. So the first step, man, this is a good one. Just take a minute and let me ask you, Are you praying for them? That person that doesn't know Jesus in your life, that person that you know would be, needs to come to faith, are you praying for them? If not, why not? And maybe even get somebody to help you pray for them. The second thing is to appeal. The A is for appeal. We're gonna appeal to common ground, to common interest, okay? And I think it's best summed up this way. Before you can reach them, you gotta relate to them. And even I'll admit, you know, sometimes it's hard to just walk up to somebody and strike up a faith conversation, even for a preacher. It's hard just to walk up and just start a conversation about God without knowing them or without knowing anything about them. We got to set some common ground first. And I love what Paul says here to the church in Corinth. So he gives this advice to them when it comes to sharing. Whatever a person is like, this is what he says. He learned from my, you know, from my example, whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ. Paul's like, I'm praying for them. And then what I do is I I look for some type of common ground with them. 
So maybe you have somebody at work or, you know, that needs to be in church and yet you're both working on the same project together. That's common ground. To bring up the project or start talking about the project. Maybe you got a friend that's really into the Braves and you can invite them over to watch the Braves and hope the bullpen doesn't lose it in the ninth inning. Ugh. You know, or maybe it's fall coming up on football. Maybe you can get together and root against that guy that I brought up earlier, right? I'm sorry, I'm going to stop. But when we do this, when we're looking for common ground, I think that this is so good. What we're doing is we're not trying to manipulate the situation. Just trying to get a foot in the door. But the reason we do it is because of love, and that leaves me to the R. We're going to reach out. The R is for reach out in love. We do this. Man, we're praying We're looking for common ground to share with them because we love them. The old cliche is that people aren't going to care what we know until until they know that we care about them, right? People don't care what we know until they know that we care. So let me go back to that original question of why. Why even worry about spreading the gospel message? Like, why is it such a big deal? And if more people start coming to church, isn't that going to change things? Isn't that going to make things different? And I don't know, you know, I, I don't like a whole lot of change. And somebody may sit in my spot. So, like, why do we even do it? And there's three big reasons of why we do it. We do it because we have the greatest news in the world. Just like I said earlier, here, let, let me put it to you this way. If I knew the ultimate cure to get COVID and the Delta variant and everything out of this world forever, if I knew that and kept that news to myself, that would be terrible. You would expect for me to do that or to tell somebody about that, right? And yet we have something even more important than that. We know eternal life, right? So I need to share that. It's the greatest news this world has ever heard. The second reason is because of an attitude of gratitude out of everything that God has done. Even if God never does anything for me again, he has given me salvation in Jesus Christ. And for that reason and that reason alone, even if things aren't going great right now, and even if I don't know what tomorrow holds, I do know that my salvation is in Jesus. And so you know what? I'm grateful for that. Now, I'm going to do my part to share out of gratitude for what God has done. But the third reason, and what we're focusing on here with this reaching out in love, is because of love. That's why we share. That's why we reach out together for others. Paul puts it this way to the church in Thessalonica. He says this. He says, because we love you, because of our deep love for you, we were happy to share. We were happy to share God's good news with you. You know, we love you. That's what it's all about. So let me give you an action step when it comes to this point right here. Maybe it's a good thing to ask God to give us a deeper love for people. Maybe that person that you know that's far away from God, but it's really hard. It's really hard to like them. It's really hard to love them at times. Maybe pray, God, just deepen my love for them. Or just deepen my love for anyone, God. Give me more opportunities, but deepen the love for those people that you put in my life. Because you know what? The more we love them, the more we care about them, the more we want to share with them the greatest news that this world has ever known. So we pray together. We appeal to common interest. 
You know, we reach out in love. And then the T, the T stands for this, to tell your stories. As a group of believers, every one of us has a story to share. And we ought to be out there telling about the great things that God has done in our lives. And you know what? People love hearing good stories. People love hearing good God stories. Let me say that again with special emphasis. People love hearing good stories, okay? Not necessarily long stories. Do you know those people that just go on and on and on and talk and their story never seen and they're given their testimony and somehow we're stuck in what happened in seventh grade and you're like, oh my goodness. You know who I'm talking about, right? Now, don't look at them right now. Don't make it awkward. But I've been in those situations where people are sharing their stories. Have you ever been in the situation where you're thinking to yourself, can I fall asleep with my eyes open? We want to share those good stories of what God is doing in our life. Not the long, drawn-out version, but the good, short moments that God has spoken and moved in your life. Paul was actually really good at this. He shared his story over and over and over again, and it never got old. In the book of Acts, we read it three different times, and then he sprinkles it throughout his letters, and he says this to the church in Galatia. He says, I'm sure that you've heard the story of my earlier life, but let me tell you again. And then he goes in, right? And he's like, why? Because it's so good, and he's gotten so good at telling it. But the key is, the key when it comes to sharing our stories, collectively, is to look for the right time to share God's story. For an instance, when somebody is sharing with you about a tough situation in their life and they're asking for advice, it's a great time to share what God has done in your life. When they're struggling with something and they, they say that they're depressed and they just don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning and they're, they're just stuck and they just, they just want to watch Olympic water polo all day. And you're like, oh, right? That's a good time to share what God has done in your life and how you have learned to trust him and how you have found the peace and the hope that only come from him. Now, let me tell you how the church family or your small group can help you with this, okay? You can practice sharing your story to the people in your group. You can practice sharing your story to other believers. This is great. Share what God has done in your life. I guarantee you this is what Paul did. Paul shared with everybody. He shared all the time. And you know what? Not only did it help him strengthen his story, but it was an encouragement to other people as well. Every time they heard it. Do you know one of the best things we ever did in journey groups? I've been in a couple groups where the first five minutes of each session that we were in, we just, we just took a moment and everybody shared their story. Each week, we'd pick a different person or a different couple. And I'll I, I tell you this, I probably learned more from their stories, or I probably got more encouragement from the stories that I heard in those groups than I did from the lesson itself. It was by far one of the most impactful things we did all semester. So each of us, we've got a story to share. You have a story to share. We've got to look for those opportunities. The N, let me move on. The N stands for nurturing friendships. We're going to partner together to nurture those friendships. Now, this goes beyond just the common ground part of it, okay? This goes a step further. We really want to build friendships. And honestly, this takes a, a little bit more time and effort to do. Establishing friendships can be tough sometimes. And you know what I found when it comes to the church? When it comes to people like being willing to step out and to share in the church is that 
People tend to fall into two extremes sometimes. Sometimes they're isolationist or imitators. Let me explain what I mean by this. You got one group that's the extreme. When they're in the church, they just want to isolate themselves. They're isolationists where they just want to like, hide themselves away from the world and just build a bunker and you know, get canned goods or whatever and only interact with a few people because this world is crazy, right? But as a Christian, we can't do that. We can't remove ourselves from the world and also serve the world. It's not possible. But then there's the other people that are on the other extreme that are just imitators and they just imitate everything that this world in the hopes of, uh, of reaching everybody, they just follow along with what everybody is doing and so they do all the same things and they watch all the same awful stuff and they fill their heads with all that junk just so that they can stand around the water cooler at work and not be left out of the conversation. But unfortunately, that's not what God wants either. He doesn't want us just giving in and living a life that doesn't reflect what we believe either. The, the, the answer, the answer to this is that we got to learn to be in the world, but not of the world. So there was a disciple, Matthew. And when Jesus reached out to Matthew, Matthew became one of the disciples. Matthew did something. He, he, he had this dinner party and invited all of his friends. And he invited Jesus to this dinner party. And all the Pharisees, because of the people who were involved, they, they just went nuts. They just went crazy. And they called Matthew names. They called Jesus names. They called him a glutton and a drunk. But I wonder if this was Matthew's way of just nurturing those friendships without losing his integrity at all. You see, Paul puts it this way to Timothy, young Timothy. He says this. He says, listen, friend, don't be afraid of people. Don't be afraid of them. But be wise and strong and love them and enjoy being with them. Be wise when it comes to being a part of this world. Be strong when it comes to being a part of this world, but enjoy being with other people. And I believe that with the guidance of Jesus Christ, when we're looking for him and we're looking to follow him, I believe that he will help us nurture those friendships that we need in the office, at school, at the tennis courts, wherever we are. I think we collectively can build friendships in such a way that helps people take notice of who we are and our faith in Christ. When people see us and how we relate to the world around us and the friendships that we want to build with those people in our lives, they're going to want to know, why are you different? Why do you have peace and joy when I don't? And he gives us the opportunity to share. The other, I got two more. The other one, for the E of partner is to expect God to act. These just kind of build. They just kind of lead right into each other. Okay, when we're reaching out in love, when we're building friendships, when we're praying for them, we want to expect God to do what God can do. There's a great story that involves a famous pastor, Charles Spurgeon. Some of y'all have heard of him. He was in London, England back in the 1800s. And man, he would preach to thousands of people and people would come to faith in Jesus Christ by the drove. It was just amazing. And one day this young pastor came up to Charles Spurgeon and he said, listen, when you preach and when you give the invitation and when you share your story, man, people respond and they come to know and accept Jesus Christ. But when I talk about Jesus, nobody seems to be interested. Why is that? And Spurgeon looked at this young pastor and he says, well, you don't expect people to come to Jesus every time you talk, do you? 
And the young guy said, no. And Spurgeon said, that's the problem. That's the problem. Because when I talk about God, when I'm praying for somebody, when I'm looking for that opportunity to share, I am expecting God to work. And y'all, I'll just be honest. I don't know fully how this works, but I do know that if I am following God's will, if I'm praying for this to happen, if I've got other people with me praying for this to happen, and if I'm following all these things that we're talking about today, God tends to open a way. God's not going to change someone. God's not going to make someone believe in him, but man, he opens that door things start to move. He's not going to force anyone, but man, he puts those great opportunities in front of us when we expect him to do what only he can do. And that's why. That's why we never give up. That's not why we never give up on anybody. Because we're going to expect, no matter how long it takes, we're going to expect God to do what he can do in his timing. Do you know one of the best illustrations of this, of just expecting Jesus to work was those four friends that brought the paralytic to Jesus. Remember the story we talked about last week and how they they lowered him down on the mat? You know, we don't really know about this guy's faith, but we do know that when Jesus saw him and when Jesus looked up at these guys, he knew that they believed. He said their faith, because of their faith, because they expected Jesus to do what only Jesus can do, Jesus looked at this guy and he forgave him and he healed him. And let me fill you in on a little secret. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, you know what? It doesn't take a, a, a big expectation. It doesn't take a lot of faith. The Bible says it actually only takes a little bit of faith. Just a little bit. Just the size of a seed is enough for God to move and work. So you know what? You keep on believing. You keep on praying. And you keep expecting God to help you. That's the kind of faith that brings other people to know Jesus. And then the last thing I want to bring up. Last one, the R is for represent Christ in your life. We got to represent Christ to other people. One of my favorite verses hangs in my office. I use this all the time. Is whatever you do, you're going to do it as a representative of Jesus Christ. This is a daily reminder to me that I'm called to model my life after Jesus. That I need to, somebody is helping me preach right now. There we go. I don't know what they're saying, but I'm sure it is spirit-filled and God-ordained. So I'm just going to amen it. Listen, we need to not only talk the talk, but we got to walk the walk. I got to do it, and I got to say it. I got to live it, and I got to share it. I got to demonstrate it, and I got to communicate it. We need to be able to show others about it. We need to be show-and-tell kind of Christians. We need both. So you know what? God has placed people in your life. God has placed people in your life for you to be a representative to them. And here's a thought to consider. If you're not willing to do that, and if you're not willing to share with them, then who will? You know, we share at the Ridge, at this church, man, we share because we want to change the world. And I know that that may be a huge task for us to think about. This idea that I can, with the message of Christ, with this church, with the message of Jesus, can change the world. You know, that may be like too big pie in the sky kind of thing, but here's what I do believe and here's what I do know is that God can use you and God can use this church to change your world. 
to change the people in your life, to change the people around you, when we collectively come together to do it as one. But you know what? It starts with me. It starts with the church family. So you know what? I want the ridge to be serious about partnering with each other and really praying together and reaching out together and telling our stories together and expecting God to do what only God can do together and nurturing new friendships together and representing Christ together as one. If we're all committed to that, man, what an impact we could make in this city for Jesus. It gives me chills just thinking about it. Let's pray together. Jesus... I thank you for this church family. And God, I just thank you for the reminder of how much we need each other. God, how we're better together. And God, I just pray that we would leave this place or if we're watching online, that when we leave our homes, God, that we would just be fired up for you knowing that we have an amazing story to tell. That we have a God that loves us so much that he was willing to send his son Jesus to die for our sins so that they can be forgiven, so that I can be forgiven, and so that we can all live for eternity. That's the message to share. If I don't do anything else, God, if I get passionate about nothing else in life, may I be passionate about that. Help us get fired up, God, to help people know who you are. And it's good to know, God, that we're not on our own not just by ourselves, but we're all working together. That we're all reaching out in love together. We're finding common ground together. We're nurturing friendships together so that we can reach more people for Jesus Christ. It's so amazing that we have the opportunity to do this. That we get to be a part, God, of your work here on this earth. God, use us. God, we know that is a dangerous prayer to pray, to use us, God. Because we gotta be willing to live into it. Because we gotta be willing to follow you if we're praying it. God, give us opportunities and then when those opportunities are present, God, use us in amazing ways to make an impact for you in this world. Jesus, we love you. And we thank you. And God, we just pray that you would also as we leave here today, that you would take us in safety, bring us back together again for worship, and that you would bless these tithes and offerings this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.